Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Happy Halloween. Welcome to Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL season, it is in full swing. And look, you might not be at the game this year, but you could still be in on all the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And don't forget, there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special pod today. We're going to be hitting the Halloween betting Chicago movie podcast series one more time this week just getting into the festive spirit of it all so I'm bringing on two guests right now that believe it or not whether you know them or not you might actually recognize them on your NFL Sundays coming up first to quote the Beastie Boys he likes his sugar with coffee and meak it's Patrick Babbitt hello Pat <laughs> hello uh, I'm just really excited to be back and to discuss such a uh, such an important film and also, we have coming back for the second time on the pod, a returning champion on Tuesday nights. You can sign up online right now. The class is called Lady Hackmore, a monologue series. She's the head moderator and sensei and mentor and teacher. It's Jackie Deruthi Babuthi. Hello, Jackie. Ooh, I'm not just coming back from for the pod. I'm coming back from the dead. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Today, we're doing pods. We're doing a pod. And we're here to talk about the 1991 film, Ernest Scared Stupid. But before we do, just very quickly, you guys are some of my closest friends in the whole wide world, but the good listeners out there might not exactly know who you are, but they do know you whether they like it or not, because you guys are on NFL Sunday just as often as the players on the field. Am I getting it correct? It's a Hyundai, right? Hyundai. It's a Hyundai. Hyundai, not Honda. Hyundai. And just walk us through the experience of being the, did I just see you person? And also that pesky little dog digging up those holes in the in the front yard. If you haven't seen it, it's a Hyundai commercial that runs almost every single time outbreak on NFL Sundays. Jackie and Pat are both in it, killing it in it. And they're just, it's rolling like crazy. Can you just talk to us about what it's been like to see yourselves on NFL Sunday all day, every day? Well, I, I'm sure everyone is probably sick of us uh, by now. Anytime you forget to switch over to uh, the red zone, with, there we are running around with a little doggy. And may they continue to be sick of us. I hope this thing never ends. Uh, I'm not athletic at all, never been in a team sport uh, other than cheerleading. So um, this makes me feel like I'm finally there. I'm finally an athlete. Uh, it's the closest I'll ever get to, to being in the games. Uh, and, it feels, and it feels great. Yeah, uh, we, it definitely, feels great. we definitely are excited to feel like we are part of the game. Yeah. on the field, part of the action. Yeah. And are you at the point where sometimes, like you said, commercials run forever? You know, Pat, you're a huge Baltimore Ravens fan. You know, maybe they get a third and out, they have to pump the ball away, and you're like, you're like, damn it, Ravens. And then your commercial comes on, you're like, damn it, me, again. Has I that happened to you yet? No. You <laughs> no, never. Again. We're like, yes, again, again. We yes, want our, it, play our, it all the time. <laughs> Yes, the, the dollar signs wipe away any anger I have towards uh, poor play by the Ravens. 
Listen, I love seeing my husband and I love seeing myself. <laughs> and I, I love it. I love it every single time. I just think like dollar signs every time I see it. And, you know, now we're just putting a name to the face, to it all, to the voice, to the dog, to that, dog. Pes that pesky little dog. And also you guys had a wonderful NFL pregame spot on Fox this last week too as well. That's Super true. funny. Our friend um, Norm Sousa is a producer for NFL. Also might be an interesting guest for you to have yeah, someday. Yeah, he loves sports. Um, and he funny. is lucky enough to be um, producing and writing these really funny sketches for Fox NFL. And, and he was directing nice. as well. He directed this one as well. And he was nice enough to put me and Jackie in one. We're, we're, listen, we only work if we are we're like mike pence i'm only allowed to work <laughs> with my wife is in the room this tandem working started you know this year because of covid and uh sets trying to be as safe as possible getting people who are quarantining together and we are loving it and we like we, we obviously we want um we want to move on from 2020 we want everything to get better we want covid to go bye bye we want everything to go back to normal what we don't want to go back we would love to keep working together yes. though <laughs> i would i would love to ride my wife's coattails for as long as ride possible. each other's <laughs> yeah a, a comedic duo that exclusively works for the nfl um <laughs> this is only one sport right now and then just let the other sports guys there's a bidding war going on right now so if you want to get your hands on this comedic duo right now the nfl's got them for right now but you're gonna well, have yeah. to hop in for right now but the nba did have like i personally am big basketball fan and you were in the stands for one of the miami heat games i was actually yes, there for was. a couple um virtually we have to yeah. caveat but yeah virtually. you did it twice i did it twice she was in the let's make a wish foundation section <laughs> for no reason whatsoever my wife is not a terminally ill child child i mean they were all children Bless and then me hearts. i think i just happened to look young enough and they needed to <laughs> fill a seat uh so that's that's where i ended up but that was truly like to me i was like oh my god i'm in the bubble like i can't believe i was there to watch but i was also in the commercial breaks and i just like i've never felt cooler in my life well yeah if i remember the first game you were sitting next to the mandalorian and you were yeah, also in the second game i was sitting with chauncey billups <laughs> there you go Chauncey, the Mandalorian, and Woody from Toy Story. An unlikely grouping, but a great dinner conversation, Absolutely. nonetheless. <laughs> a weird Venn diagram for all of those people. And the first, the thing in the middle is Jackie. Yeah. In the middle of the Well, you know, I, I, at first I was going to, we were going to bring you on to talk earnest, you know, but now it, it, you guys have this sports tie in there. So I'm kind of doing that to fulfill the prerequisite, but I think it might be time to talk about Ernest Scared Stupid. I mean, honestly, if you want to stretch this out so we don't have to talk about this awful movie, no, no, I'm no. okay. <laughs> A 1991 film uh, starring Jim Varney and Eartha Kitt. Let's just start with, I like to ask every person that comes on to the pod to talk about a movie you know, when did you first see that movie? It could be yesterday, if possible. But when did you see, first see that movie? And what is your current relationship with Ernest Scared Stupid? Jackie, I'd love to hear from you first. Yeah, uh, the first time I watched that movie was definitely last night. And <laughs> the relationship is tumultuous. Um, fresh, I've very fresh. I've never seen an Ernest movie in my life. I tried to watch Ernest Saves Christmas once, immediately shut it off. 
But I thought, you know, my recollection of that was that was a while ago and maybe I just wasn't in the mood or maybe I was, you know, doing something else as I do while I watch um, that kind of Christmas movie. So maybe I just wasn't paying attention and that's why I didn't like it. No, no, no. I think I hate Ernest, although I love him in Pixar movies as a voice actor. But Ernest, the character, um, I absolutely hate (laughs) and don't understand. I don't understand what he's saying, I, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. I mean, he's a man who wears many hats. Uh, this Ernest, as you're getting, as you're getting a swift reminder of him, which we're going to dive a bit into. Pat, you know, how did you discover the film Ernest Scared Stupid, and what's your yeah. relationship with it right now? I, see, I remember watching it, you know, when it came out when I was a little kid, and I, for some reason, it held this place in my heart of like the Gremlins movie, and like other really like good, fun, <laughs> scary, but not like horror movies, like scary adventure movies. Cause I, and I d- realized I'm like, I haven't seen this movie since I was six or like eight tops. And, and rewatching it, it doesn't exactly hold up. And like Jackie's like, we had a choice between two movies and you picked this one. <laughs> between what you did, I know what you did last summer and this now, I've never seen that movie, but I can only imagine. Oh, it's also ripe. It's also ripe for plenty of, you can make fun of that movie all day long too. Is, but I'm with you, Pat, where I, I don't want to say I had a special relationship with this movie, but I watched this movie when I believe I was about eight years old at a slumber party with like eight or 10 dudes who were like playing Dutch oven in their sleeping bags. And like one of the kids fell asleep and you put the kid's hand in the warm water. It was like one of those like giggly sleepovers. And we watched this and I distinctly remember laughing a couple times and you go back. I'm sure Jim Varney was like, super funny for a little kid hey i laughed at uh when he threw the bowling ball and it went into the basketball hoop that to me uh, oh yeah the, out loud on that one. there's a couple of moments because we do have to find a couple of definitive moments that make one of us or all of us laugh out loud i do have one of them for sure but it is definitely one of those those movies where like as a kid like let's say you're in a dance recital and your memory is just how you like you fucking killed it in the dance yeah. recital and then you go back and watch it and you're literally just like like tutuing in slow motion and you're like oh wow yeah. i wasn't really ripping it as hard as i thought i was and maybe unfortunately jim varney feels the same let's dive right into i want to talk to you guys about the opening credits um, opening oh my god that? i forgot about the opening credits and they we're all seven minutes long and we're all actors here Tell me, don't lie to me. We've all had an audition like that before, right? Where we're literally just making the facial expressions like for some sort of lactate. Oh, oh totally. <laughs> well, I, you know, Joey, if, if I may, what I found, so did you happen to Wikipedia, Ernest? Because I did. <laughs> I did. I did a little trivia on the movie and yeah. <laughs> it's, do you want it? Do you, do you have that for a section later or can we talk about No, it? crack it open. Crack it okay. open right now. So the, so the for the listener, I already told Jackie this, but the craziest part is Ernest, the character, was developed by an ad company and just thrown at different companies. I don't know how that works. It's as if they made Flo the progressive woman. And not only did she advertise for progressive, but she also advertised for Pepsi. And she advertised for Taco Bell. Like he was this like... And I'm assuming that he just walked out and said something about the products and then made those faces to the camera like in the opening credits. And then he goes on to have like seven different movies come out. 
Yeah, it's and Jackie, I'll throw this one to you. Just imagine what it's like being on set that day, and it's just like, all right, Jackie, we're doing the opening credits, okay? We got to get a lot of coverage here. Uh, we're gonna get a gamut of emotions, a gauntlet of expressions. <laughs> Imagine it, Joey. Listen, as much as I hate Ernest, I think I hate him so much because I am Ernest and I'm jealous. <laughs> that is my style. I mean, I just feel like I'm so jealous that he got to do this so many times. So I do have an audition. The wildest audition I've ever done was for this uh, prank show on ABC Family, a Halloween prank show. Guys, I didn't get it. Um, oh, but I yes. did get to the final round. But the audition included. It was all improvised and you had to do a few scenes. Um, scene, and mind you, I'm a comedian. Scene number one, pretend that you are in a room and you see something, whether it's a ghost, an orb, an alien, whatever, but you need to freak the fuck out, try to leave the room, but you can't. And you need to get the person, the invisible person next to you to believe that what you're seeing is real. Okay, great. Scene number two, you need to get possessed by a demon. And then I'm gonna come and exercise you. And then you're going to have the demon exercise out of you. And then the demon comes back quickly at the end. Okay, did that one. Next, next, pretend I need you to run an interview, but something bit you and that's your choice, whatever it is. Is it a- It could it be a squirrel, it could be a monster. It could, exactly, <laughs> but whatever bit you, it's. If it's a squirrel, you're turning into a squirrel. You know, like obviously don't do a squirrel, do something a little scary, but whatever bit you, that's what's, but you're, you're kind of itching it at first, you're kind of noticing it, and then you're kind of starting to a little bit change. And before you totally change, you excuse yourself, leave the room, then I want you to come back full beast. Those are the exact words that they said. Full beast. Come back full beast. I came back full beast. I nailed it so hard that I got to do a little extra because I know because my friend Lauren did the same audition. She's like, I did not have to do that much. I was like, that's because I nailed it, Lauren. <laughs> the extra part was like, okay, great. This was awesome, Jackie. So now just stare into the barrel of the lens and we're just going to say emotions and you just give me the face. Okay. In love. Scared. Yes. Horrified, lust. It, this it was is what this is what they gave Ernest. I was gonna say, now just imagine this audition is the opening credits to the movie that you're yeah. starring in. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, all right, let's wrap it. We're gonna cut in some other goofy black and white stuff, and we're just gonna get this thing on a yeah, roll they here. Really, they really dug into the. Um, I like the, the opening credits. The story. archives, the archives of like Nosferatu. What's the old like vampire movie? um from like the 20s or whatever yeah nosferatu and then it looked like there was like a little bit of like the swamp and like a lot of those old like tv black and white like style horror movies mixed in with his just classic like expressions no. basically I mean, doing yeah. like uncle jim carrey before there was jim carrey there was uncle jim uh yes, jim varney absolutely. basically on there and before we get into the plot of the movie i want to pat we're going to get your opinion on it first uh, I couldn't help but notice, written and directed by John Cherry. Congratulations to John. Uh, also, screenwriting credit goes to a guy named Coke Sams. Nick, oh. nickname, or, nickname or just maybe a guy that needed to give that extra push on a script well, that was I'm maybe struggling. Are they, all, are they all like Missouri people? Is this like all born, bred, and like produced by like Missouri Entertainment? Sioux City, uh, Sioux City post-production offices. And uh, 
But yeah, uh, so Coke Sam's on the mic, uh, speeding us through, getting us through it. And let's just get through the general plot. <laughs> it begins, funny enough, it begins the exact same way that Hocus Pocus begins, where it begins yes. with a colonial setting right. to give you a backdrop and a backstory. A curse is being placed, and then it opens up in a classroom with the teacher and or student retelling the myth, and no one believes it. Let the games begin. But this troll in olden times is rounding up the children to hopefully unleash this huge, crazy, big army. They catch him in a net, and they dig him and bury him underneath a tree. Reverend Worrell, the great-great-great-grandfather of uh, Ernest Worrell, right. places a curse on him, and then the troll's just like, the blood in your veins will bring me back. The troll. They, they don't kill the troll. They just bury it alive, which I yeah. guess they thought was killing it. Yes. Very Edgar Ens- Allan Poe of that. Enslavement, yeah. Definitely a, a, a comment on our penal code system, um, <laughs> truly, at this point. And so... The Worrells are cursed to possibly bring this troll back, and then the troll does come back, and now he needs five children to be able to unleash his army. Makes a lot of sense. I don't really know what the army is about. Like, this is my, not my biggest issue, but maybe my biggest issue, and what I didn't understand the most. In Hocus Pocus, I know that the witches want to, need to harvest children to steal their youth and attain eternal life. That makes sense to me. This man needs to harvest children to make toys, and then and uh, and I don't know why. And to unleash, unleash darkness army, too. There's unleash a an lot. army to do what? What's his army going to do? What does he need the army to get? I just don't. There was no Jackie. Cont- I didn't get it. Jackie very <laughs> often often would say to me, "I'm really confused right now." Yeah. And I'd say, "We're five minutes into the movie. What part did you not get?" Well, see, now here's I don't the thing. Yeah, the, the Ernest movies, the Ernest movies, they make you work is what it is. They make you, they make you participate and they make you scratch your head and really try and figure out. But that is a really great point. Of, so the army shows up. Big deal. What's he bringing on? Darkness? And then what else? I mean, uh, what are you trying to get? Well, like, I, I also, understand. there was also in that, in that footage they made of the colonial times, there was a big emphasis on an African-American family that was there. And I was wondering, was that supposed to be That's Eartha, Eartha Kitt, Kitt as a, as a that little is girl? Eartha Kitt as a little so girl. What the, so how old the, is Eartha Kitt supposed because to be? At the, like a hundred? Because at the end, when they pop up again, they're like, sister, you're so old. And she's like, it's a long story. No, she's like, it's a long story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, says it. she was great. She's phenomenal. I mean, uh, that was that is the funniest part is that she gets these monologues and these moments where she actually isn't interacting and acting with anyone else in the scene other than yeah. like her just pacing and spacing around. So just to sort of set the tone and we're going to go into some categories. I, uh, I came up with a couple of scouting reports for Lady Hackmore and Troy and Tour of the Troll. I'm going re- to read them off to you. And if you guys notice any adjectives or anything that I'm kind of missing a little bit, you can kind of sort of help me fill in the blanks. Trantor the Troll is the main troll, right? And yes. What's his name? Trantor. Trantor. Trantor the Troll. And here's what I got down for a, a scouting report on him. Um, he's got a great motor, but yeah. unfortunately he's got some knee issues, so he's lacking kind of that burst due to the top-heavy nature of his head. Lacks lateral quickness. Uh, he's kind of a diva in the room, bad yeah. breath, uh, bad, again, first step burst, not really there. General case of acne, you're kind of wondering about his diet. Can break tackles or fences, 
um, lactose intolerant and an amazing dialect coach. I mean, I would say allergies, wow, allergies, that. bad allergies is up there. And allergies. I would say um, varying size. The, the does, size he, of Trantor. <laughs> he's very, he, yes, he's, he's hard to tell if you're dealing with a, a five, eight or a four, eight. So I just individual. don't know. Is he an O-line or is he a running back? Like, I think I can't he's a tell. short running back. Um, yeah, short running back, but unfortunately, goal a goal line back guy that can only get you one or two yards maybe at a time. And I think I think with the the picking up of the accents, I think it's pretty. Um, he could probably pick up on the defensive schemes of the opposing team as well. And he can also trick them too as well by perhaps impersonating a teammate's voice on the other side and maybe giving away some secrets yes. and also. I would say that the the one worry I have in these COVID times is really if I see somebody with that many allergies going on, I'm and that going many to noses. say, can you take another test? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's a three-pronged test because he's got three different noses that you're going to have to be testing yeah. him for. Yeah. I didn't really think about the allergy concept. I just thought that was just, you know, maybe his just general disposition of not taking yeah, care right. of himself. Yeah, it's, that's bad. <laughs> needs a little clarity and clear, perhaps. Yeah. He does. And I also have uh, Lady Hackmore, played by Eartha Kitt, scouting report. Um, super into steampunk. Yes. Um, has issues with throwing things away in life. I don't want to say hoarder, but probably I'm going to go with sentimental. Um, wow. I would she's say also, she's a, she's, yeah, she's a hobbyist because uh, she's melding something in the beginning for reasons that are kind of misunderstood. Mm -hmm. uh, eccentric, talks to herself. Uh, voice modulation, cannot really control the volume of her voice due to her own emotions. Um, yeah. Am I missing anything here? I mean, the hair, wow. kind of let the hair go a little bit, not a lot of self-care going on. Jeez. So the only thing that I would say is that, well, two things. You're you're not going to be able to count on her during Burning Man because you know she's going to be hightailing it to the desert for Burning Man to show off all of her, <laughs> the stuff that she's made. Um, the <laughs> other thing that I would say is that she's maybe sneaky wealthy because she owns a mansion and a lot of a lot of forbidden um, land. I would actually wonder about her eyesight, as mm. in the I mean, for the majority of it, she has these massive uh, prescriptive goggles. Now I'm not sure whether those are needed all the time or whether they're like crazy old Maurice, uh, just headgear that you need when you're making inventions. I'm not sure, but it questions to me whether she can actually see down the field or not. <laughs> and so once this troll gets unleashed, he starts taking kids by the dozens. Uh, he has to get to five. He actually does get to five. I did want to ask you guys, you know, who gets it the worst? And I basically, Here's our list right now. Little Joey, yeah. Little Joey gets caught in a ditch. A uh, little tiny ditch. Uh, thinks it's his friend. No, it's a troll. He turns into wood. Cool skateboarder. Random kid. No lines in the movie. Just kind of skating down to meet his buddies down at maybe like an empty swimming pool or something. Who I, I'm personally calling him young Patrick Babbitt. He gets right. snatched up right away. Elizabeth in the bed, honestly, probably the creepiest, scariest part of the movie. Yeah, that that one has a real tough, uh, tough moment. Um, unfortunately, cultural appropriated Indian uh, guy named Greg uh, walking home alone, probably getting yeah. shamed for for the costume that he had on Halloween. And then the pudgy fat bully, uh, the bender bully boy at the Halloween party, he gets it the last. So Jackie will go first. And then Pat, who gets it the worst um, out of all these guys? 
Yeah, I've got to go with our girl uh, and, and the rapey situation that she's put in. <laughs> also, within a blink of an eye that troll ends up there because her dad was just in the room yeah and where's he hiding again with this again with this troll size shit going on yeah where is he he was under the bed and then he just rolls onto the bed the the superpowers of the troll are not exactly well defined and he's got to be in the bed with her i mean you've got to burn that thing that's very upsetting she looks familiar. Guess what? She's August in Third Rock from the Sun. She's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like best bud. Oh, no kidding! She so went on to stuff. Character we all remember. Hey, well, for those of us who've seen the entire show more than once and maybe more than twice, <laughs> oh it's a great show. Third Rock from so. the Sun con, big big fans from August. So wait, <laughs> Pat, Pat, who gets it the worst? Is it is it Elizabeth in the bed? Because that's the thing is he she doesn't even smell him. There's not even a whiff yeah. of whiff of the troll. It's a real sneak attack. Wait, like enter the body, like well, enter it must the be bed. Those, it's a foam bed. It's one of those ones where you can jump on one end and have a glass of wine sitting yeah. on the other. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's going to be really hard for me to think of something worse than the eleven-year-old <laughs> girl with the troll in her bed. Um, I, I can't say just the little the other guys that just get snatched up. Also, the Joey character j that just happens to slip in a ditch. That's weird. I don't know. He was, was that a trap? Yeah, hold on. Have you ever slipped in a ditch like that before? I, I mean, in a ditch. oh boy, and you can't find the traction. You start to spiral quickly. But Let me just say that. I mean, he spiraled before he even knew he couldn't find the traction. Like he flipped so i would if we if we take her out of the equation i would say him because just the mental his mental state was so fucked with before the troll showed up he he also uh i noticed was wearing the clothes of a silver lake hips he would he's like got the hippest 2020 uh 2020 clothes that you could possibly wear the total norm core jeans and um yeah and the he was, big billowy shirt he was cool yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I, it does make me think of, I just think, what did that cool skateboarder do to anybody? And, well, because I don't know. I just kind of got the vibe that maybe he was kind of like the bad boy in town. What was he going to do? Scurry up a little trouble? Be a little bit of a rascal? Yeah. Going to meet his buddies down and spray paint something and never gets the opportunity you to do it? a bad stereotype for skateboarders, Joey, and you always have. Can I throw something out there as we're talking about this and we're talking about, I think, the character, Joey, who got stuck in the ditch? This movie, as horrible as it is, was, uh, I think, a cornerstone and an influence for a lot of different movies. Uh, and let me throw out two for you. Homeward Bound. When you yes. saw Joey struggling in that ditch, did you not think of Shadow? I don't know which one came first, but if it was Ernest... Chances are Ernest ripped everything from a different movie, so there's a good chance that Coke Sam's was watching Homeward Bound... Yeah on repeat at 7 a.m. I would explain why Joey immediately mentally freaked out because he knows, he knows he's not getting out of that ditch without friends of two, without, without two friends, a, a friendly feline and a canine buddy. So if he's there by himself, forget it, he's out. Another thing, this one for sure came out after Ernest because it just came out a couple years ago. The troll, well, first of all, Tungus, 
my favorite. So you know Tungus? If, if people, I don't know if the Midwest has Tungus. Do you know Wait, what Tungus is? No, walk me through it. Walk the good people through it. The AM, AM, PM gas station uh, convenience stores have this character made of snacks named yeah. Tungus. And Jackie has I this love fascination and crush on Tungus. Um, His hair's made of Twizzlers, so he's already got. Maybe when you we'll we'll send you a picture of Tungus yeah. for you to post because he's really an important figure in our culture right now. Yeah, he sounds like a horror movie onto itself. Oh, Tungus! But it's Tungus a, has some lovability. Yeah, Tungus is super lovable. So it's but his aesthetically, it's very it, similar, it is similar to, to the troll. Trantor the troll. And did you ever see Annihilation? I did see that. The polar bear. I'm the polar bear uh, feels the voices when he eats the prey. And to me in that movie, which I also hated. Um, <laughs> that movie was bad. But to me, that was, that was the coolest I, part and also the most terrifying part of like, oh my God, this is petrifying. It takes the voice of whoever it just ate. So now you're being lured by this thing. But for the troll, I was not, uh, maybe because it was old hat and I had already seen it in Annihilation, but I was not as... Uh, I wasn't as scared or didn't think it was as cool, but I did think it was, in I'm like, hello, did chicken or the egg, everybody. Well, and that's the stuff, but that's the stuff where like this movie on its face is not scary at all, but maybe what does give me a little bit of the chills when I was growing up was I don't like movies where I don't like body snatcher movies. I don't like when someone can take who you are yeah. and use it either against you or use it to deceive other people. I also don't like the fact that you he, that he made kids into wood. That just yeah. seemed like a real that just seemed like a real shit way to go. Didn't really yeah. feel great to me. Instant, and too. instant. And then I don't like the fact that he can be under a bed one moment and then on a bed another moment. Not to even mention wow. the metamorphosis of the trolls. The most disgusting thing I may have ever seen. And I watch a lot of medical dramas. And I, and I can watch them hack up things. the inside, take out fake intestines, but the, yes. Everything. No, yeah, it was a, it was a oh, season God. finale of like pimple poppers or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No it was way. so bad. And to be fair, so the people that did the special effects for this movie are called the Chiodo Brothers, and they're the people that like created killer clowns from outer space. And they're actually like incredibly famous, really? legit, well-respected you know, animatronic oh, visual effects well, people. Honestly, yeah, the troll looks cool, right? Like credit yeah. where credit's due. Yeah, I, I think like one thing I want to say is that like, this is one of those movies I'm watching where I'm just like, there is a good, I think there <laughs> is a good movie possible out of this whole situation. But they cut so many corners, and I'm just wondering. And you if have I'm to get rid of Ernest. You no, have to no. get rid of Ernest. You have to explain so much more about Ernest. I just didn't know, like, who is. Maybe you. We should have watched an Ernest movie before this one. But I'm no. like, no, I know. <laughs> no, you're Never. good. They say he's an idiot, but he's really good at like building all these robotics and stuff like that. And like, is but he? They were? There's this scene where he buy. He's at a or he's at that weird store with the guy who's yeah. like the town salesman. The Tulip like, Brothers. Who, by the yes. way, quick question: The Tulip Brothers working for the White House right now? Is that where yeah, they ended up? For sure. Is that a where are they now? They're working. They're working yeah. somewhere on the social media team. For Absolutely. sure. 
I just didn't understand because like at one point they ring him up for, all right, that'll be a thousand dollars. And there's no like joke of him being like, oh, well, I don't have any money. There's I'm not leaving. even a He's funny just like, face. Okay. So I'm like, oh, so wait, is Ernest rich? I don't understand anything about this person. I thought that there'd be like a <laughs> like crazy face to the camera after the thousand dollars. It was laughed at. It was not a problem at all. There would have been if they didn't throw in that love album of troll love songs for right. free. Where did the, that's that's where the humor, seals the deal. The humor is just so like they don't earn any of these jokes. Like there's no reality to these jokes. Like. Oh, that's why I, don't I just get saw it. a troll. I'm gonna go to this store to to get stuff to fight the troll. Oh, they already, I guess, know about the troll and have manufactured troll hunting materials out of thin air. But they, but most of the parents earlier aren't listening to the little kid and not believing mm -hmm. him when he says a troll is there. He's like, they're like trolls aren't real. So it's a little. Yeah. It's a little, it's a lot insane. Also, I didn't hear, okay. The main thing that I don't <laughs> understand about Ernest is when he turns into 50 million different exactly. Groundlings characters. When, to like tell a story and I, yes. and that to me, first of all, I couldn't understand any words that came out of his mouth, but I also just, I, the reality of that, even, even take out that, I just didn't under, what is that? Explain to me what goes on when he turns into 17 different rigged <laughs> characters. Those are the Ernest movies at their core. It's, it's, it's general premise. You plop him in it, and then you just set up these different moments. They're different setups for him to just riff and well, bit. And, that's, and they have no narrative consequence. What's that? I'm wondering if that's what the commercials were, him dressing up in these different characters. Oh, definitely. It was about him, was about him doing different kinds of voices and, and, and different characters, and then it carries itself over, which is why, like, I think when Ernest goes to jail, he has, like, an evil twin, and he's oh, got to okay. defeat that. And he's always playing different people throughout, throughout the random of the film. It's, like, pre-Nutty Professor, again, like, Uncle Jim Carrey. You know? Uh, an evil twin or nutty professor. These are all people that exist. But in this, it's like, I right. didn't, I was like, who are, these are, these aren't so, people that exist. Yeah, this is just him like, telling a story. And then he, is he, are we supposed to imagine that he ran off and got into a different costume and came back and they were, they're just cutting that part out? Or is it in the little kid's head that he's seeing it? The little kid references that he plays all the different characters. Now, maybe it's the child's like wonder of the imagination of like the kids yeah. watching him do it. So you project maybe. into it. But let's just do the list real quick. I wrote them all down. The characters that Jim Varney plays in this movie, we've oh. got Reverend Worrell. He's, he's the, the guy who curses the troll in the beginning, who says that he's going to, you know, as the, the world line goes on. He's just going to get dumber and dumber and dumber. Uh, we have Ottoman Empire guy, uh, the evil. Problematic. Yeah, problematic to, to say the least. Uh, we have the Richard Burton character where he plays a Spartan. Yo, yeah, we with have. The uh, with yeah, the with the most the... prominent nipple I've ever seen in a, in a uh, what is this called? Shield. Yeah. Chest yeah, which is honestly a very similar to the same voice that he does for the Red, uh, for the Reverend. Uh, Nelda, Nelda oh, the grandma. Yeah, Nelda the Grandma Neck Brace, Cowboy Ernest, High Ground Bloodhound Guy, Lumberjack Man, Spinster yeah. Mom, Australian Dude, and American Pilot. 
I think the an issue, American pilot. The issue I have. Well, no, there's one more. I think there's one more at the end. He plays like a South African. Yeah, like an Aussie, right? Like a yeah, yeah like a like a guy you go yeah, on he's one. Australian. Oh, he did. My bad. Um, the biggest, I think, the biggest issue I have with these, but I'm sure they were already popular at the time, is that I th- I could only find three different voices that he is capable of doing. He's do he does Ernest, he does the lower guy register. lower register, lower voice guy, and then the, and then I think the Australian accent at least sounded different. Everything else was just a different pitch of Ernest's voice. So I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm having so much yeah. trouble differentiating these characters because like all of a sudden it's just Ernest in a, in like a, a Canadian uh, lumberjack outfit. I'm just like, why? Well, that's just Ernest again. <laughs> and again, part of it's about being like borderline unintelligible uh, yeah. with an accent at the exact same time. Let's get into some of the bigger picture aspects of this. Let's get into the themes of this movie. Am I missing that the themes of this movie is unconditional love and lactose intolerance? Absolutely. They snuck the unconditional love in there last minute. Um, And I don't know if it's lactose intolerant. To me, it's the power of milk. To me, it's a pro-milk film, and that's Mm. why I like it, because I'm a milk chugger myself. I absolutely love milk. She's literally gotten in trouble with PETA for making (laughs) these statements, so why don't you keep going, Jackie? Because I do enjoy drinking a cow's milk. I have. There's nothing wrong with an alternative milk but it just doesn't if you're pretending like it tastes the same it really doesn't well and it just doesn't kill trolls i mean let's be real facts are facts truths are truths almond almond milk would do nothing on those trolls yeah so like tell me tell me how tell me how perfect your oat milk is when it cannot defeat a troll yeah. Mike, drop, PETA, Sorry. <laughs> at me, at me, Listen, hate me. I, want, I, I mean, I love cows. They're my favorite animal, and I, and I want them all to be treated like kings. Um, but I also want to suckle at their teeth. Jesus. <laughs> Joey, Joey, can I ask you, how did you feel when Eartha Kitt realized? First off, you got to say that name one more Eartha, time. <laughs> Eartha, Kitt, Eartha Kitt realized that it was unconditional love with that scene with the mom and the daughter saying each other. Pizza face and, uh, what was the daughter? Just pizza face mom? and teddy bear. Yes. Yes. But pizza the teddy bear, bear face, yeah. Where the mother says, I wish you weren't my daughter or I wish you weren't around. Came out of no. Yeah, it went from an I hate you to, well, I'm not so fond of you either. That's right, yeah. Into a mommy, I'm sorry, I love you. And then pizza and- face mom was like, get over here, you little I monster. Know. Could have had that with characters that we've seen already. Like we don't, we didn't. Yeah. It was so. What? I was like, I'm already. What's are we supposed to know who on? these people are? <laughs> I don't understand. So is Eartha Kit bad or uh, good? She's good. Is that a boomerang? Is that a boomerang drop right there? Uh, <laughs> uh, she's good. She she's good. She's misunderstood. Um, she's I do. I would like to think that maybe she had a man in her life or a woman, a significant other that she cared about for a long time that she maybe lost. She wasn't always just hidden in her own loneliness of books and melding. And uh, I say sentiment, sentimental collection, you call it hoarding. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> there's, and I, yeah, one of the, you know, there's always that character who's, you know, just like in the sandlot, there's always the cranky neighbor that you should never knock on the door of that person. 
because you think that they're scary and evil and mean, but when you actually get to know them, it's, you know, it's kind of one of those uh, parables for children. If you get to know someone, it actually works out. More parables in this movie. Um, you know, parents just don't understand when you're talking about trolls. Uh, they're not hip to that. Um, what else? Again, we have another movie where adults are hanging out with kids. Um, another, another 90s trope where you're kind of asking yourself, you know, why is my son riding around in a trash, uh, in a trash truck with, uh, with an older man? Uh, but absolutely we've we've discovered that apparently i used to hang out my older brother you told should me not share this this is shameful and retroactively your parents could get in trouble no it was the 90s you just let your kids hang out listen with the neighbors this. listen to this insanity well, uh, it sounds like ernest gets implicated go on <laughs> we had a neighbor called marty buckingham which is the greatest <laughs> name ever and me and my older brother used to just go over to his house and watch movies in his basement with him. His parents would drop her, off him and his brother to well, Marty Buckingham's, but, but which Marty I was Buckingham, like, okay. also a family friend, not, not that that fucking makes a difference. But I'm like, okay, like he's, a, he's babysitting the kids while the parents go out. Like that's not, that's, that's, that's normal to me. But Pat would be like, but sometimes it would just be like Marty's having like a, an adult no, party yes. and we are going just the kids. Yeah, we would just go over to Marty Buckingham's adult party where my parents weren't there. <laughs> and I'm talking age five and nine. That's weird. And wouldn't you sleep over Marty Buckingham's <laughs> Well, house? Graham also claimed, my older brother Graham also claims that there was another <laughs> adult couple who I would just go and hang out with too. I don't remember them. <laughs> What's up with that? Another I don't know. Adult couple, and none of these people have children. That's the weirdest thing. Your husband, your husband has a lot of Doc Browns in his life. A lot yeah. of uh, formative oh, totally. role models. This is just Marilyn living. Well, and here's, here's my question. And I'm always thinking about when I'm watching like these horror movies, especially when they're kid-oriented, there's always a spinoff movie that's going on that you're not thinking about. Oh. So... At the center, the set piece, the main moment of this movie, right, is they're holding a big, huge Halloween party costume celebration at the right. elementary school. So yeah. all the elementary school kids, and it appears every single parent in town is at this elementary school party. So my question is, what are these teens doing in that town that night? Because oh, let's be real, there's got to be some just debaucherous. I mean, is this dazed and confused like times four going on in the woods right now? What do you think that the teens are doing in this movie? Pat, living it I like, up. Or there's a, there's a whole, they're all just getting murdered somewhere by like another troll. Like it's much more cutthroat. Like it's an actual like slasher horror movie. It's a more deviant, more deviant well, the, troll. The, the other thing that I thought of, which actually feeds directly into this is we're watching Ozark right now, which also yes. takes place in the exact same area of Missouri. I like to think that this is all Ozark U, and there's just like over the hill is the Snell family just cooking up heroin um, while the trolls are in, uh, in town. Listen, I think that there are no teens in the town because once you get to a certain age, you, uh, in this town, you realize how negligent all the parents are. You do emancipate yourself and you do get the fuck out of troll city. Um, and you stop hanging out with the, with, with the adults in their dumpsters. <laughs> there's, there's one other thing, one other movie that I think would be really funny or another 
point of view, which is the guy who runs the convenience store, the only adult who actually saw the troll. <laughs> and then he comes back later in the movie when the little kids go and steal the milk. And it's like, this guy's night, he's seen a troll. <laughs> and then all is of a he- sudden three kids on BMX bikes come in and steal all his milk. Yeah, then he gets railroaded by kids. You're not fooling me. It's like, yeah, you don't think it's actually a skeleton stealing your milk? What what are you trying to say here? What are you talking about? Uh, So, like, two topics. Two topics left. Um, You know, it sounds like when you're watching this movie, you're on the edge of your seat. You're trying to, you know, you're participating. You're trying to figure out the ins and the outs. Where is this thing going? Talk to me about this surprising twist, the romantic ending. Um, <laughs> the, is this the work of Coke Sam's or is this just, totally I mean, is this a Coke Sam's moment? Because everyone, I mean, if we're casting votes here, it seems like everyone in the town says, you got to kill this troll. We're not going to bury it in the ground this time. This time we really got to kill it. And, yeah. you know, Ernest, let's just say he goes a different route. Yeah. Well, so Ernest realizes somehow because Eartha Kitt whispers, whispers in a different person's ear (laughs) that it's unconditional love and then Ernest hears that and then decides that he needs to hug the troll but Ernest does do like a talk to himself like the heart of a child the child the child of the love and the love and the unconditional love which is his best line reading that's the line reading where he's actually trying to act in the movie right like there's that one that you know Jim Carrey always breaks for like two lines in every movie to try and do it yeah, I like Jim Varney. Me too. I'm I'm a fan. Do I? I don't like Ernest, um, but I like Jim Varney for sure. So yeah, and I don't exactly feel like there was unconditional love at that point. I don't. I think that that was a false hug. Yeah, it feels like that's that forced was, love, right? Yeah, totally. You know, to love a troll and to. Um, despite its three noses and actually this was the mega troll so despite all of the tiny dicks that grew out of its head oh yeah and remember when Did all the nails those, grew Joey? and the horns grew i mean this what were those horrific it was a romantic scene and things were sprouting out of him yes. it's a formative time it's a formative time for trantor that's so right. to to be able to look past that put down the milk and just say come give me a hug and then, so I think, I, I, I agree with you. That was a trap. But then they start twirling and the hug doesn't stop. And, it, and it's incredible. And it almost turns into a dance. And he's twirling, he was twirling, he was twirling him. And I think at that point, Ernest lets go of his prejudgment of oh, Trantor. Wow. And he, well, he gives him a kit. He says, aren't you cute or something stupid like that? As if that's love. <laughs> aren't you cute um but gives him a kiss on his booger ridden mouth and that's what kills him so i do think that um this might be the only perfect part of this movie oh wow it also it really made me laugh i mean him hopping into his arms and then the twirl lasting almost as long as the scene where he was stuck at um getting crushed in the dumpster which lasted almost as long as the opening credits oh good god the props the props involved in that scene (laughs) yeah i mean there were a lot of these scenes where it's like Ernest is in trouble and it just takes him like 
two times as long to wrap up those scenes as I thought. It was and instead happen. of saying sorry to the baby doll that he's about to crush the head of, he has a full conversation on both ends and just wastes time. But yeah. because they're shooting the scenes, and Jim is just like, "Hey John, uh, hey John, hey Coke, can bit. I roll on this one? Yeah, let's just do one for fun." Yeah, we'll keep it all in. We'll keep every single thing in. Uh, Jim, on this one now, when your hand gets caught in the uh, in the troll trap, why don't you give us eight looks into the camera yeah. and back a to the thing? Yeah. Give, it, <laughs> give, us, give us a bunch of them. Yeah, and I knew what was coming. I knew, and I was waiting for it, and I was ready for the payoff, and I was like, actually quite excited about that joke. His hand's stuck, he's not reacting, and he's eventually going to realize it hurts and go up. But it took so fucking long. <laughs> Jackie made a ton of fun of that at the time. And what I got really depressed because I, and I said to her, I was like, I remember that part being really funny when I was six. <laughs> because <laughs> I was so it bummed is. it wasn't funny anymore. But like, it is funny. It, they just need to edit out like 30 seconds of it. Yeah. Well, and so that's the, that's the final topic I want to bring up. Cause typically with movies, I say, Hey, what's your favorite line? What's your favorite scene? Who's your favorite character? Yeah. I think we're going to, we're going to, we, 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 you go and throw those in there, go for it, but we might skip it. What I wanted to kind of ask was like, Pat, I'm with you when I was growing up and what you just mentioned, Jackie is like, there are parts of this movie where you're like, I get why kids like it. And then going back and watching it again, I'm still kind of asking myself questions of like, why am I, borderline like attracted to liking this film i can't actually like go ahead and like do it but i'm sort of asking myself why and the stuff that i keep coming up with is as a kid watching this the two things that are the best parts about this movie are the treehouse which is completely implausible yeah. but like totally badass to like be in the woods totally. build your own little like sanctuary your own fort a place that you can kind of call your own sure do you want to lug like uh, the fender from a car uh, all the way through the woods and adorn it up top there, knock yourself out. Maybe, yeah. And then the other part is the ending where, you know, as a kid, you're always like, you don't have the skills. You want to have the imagination to be able to save the day somehow. But how do they save the day other than just putting milk in super soakers and squirting these trolls? Like it's just so non-violent and just like it's so practical and kind of makes sense i think as a kid growing up i was like i could do that like yeah, i right. could That's kill sure. trolls yeah i could it's completely within my reach i don't need to learn karate or you know what i mean like i yeah, need yeah. to like operate a weapon or something so it's like it's weird that this movie has like achievable goals for children yeah. mixed in with jim varney going nuts mixed in with like marginalized parent roles uh which are just so insane like i think kenny's wife only asks questions throughout the whole movie if you notice yeah. where's kenny what time is it where are you, you going do you know this is trespassing have you seen kenny where are you going what is all this i think i'm having a nice day <laughs> does it look like i'm having a nice day <laughs> um and so are there any, what are the nuggets that you can perhaps pull away from this movie experience? Ernest Scared Stupid. I, I think for me, the, the thing that was like frustrating about it is like, and maybe this isn't the case, but at least it seems like it now. Like they seem to have like, in, in my recollection, there were a lot of movies when I was a kid that were just like, all right, like we don't need to explain anything. Just throw some like fun stuff at the kids and they'll like it. Like they don't explain why the milk 
kills the trolls, right? They're just no. They, it's just written down milk. They don't like milk. It's milk. So like, that's what made me pulled me out of it. Oh, However, I completely enjoyed that. Like you're saying, like the just like dump a ton of fun and goofball stuff for the kids to be entertained by, and do not at all hold back and do not at all let logic get in the way of yourself when you're doing this like like all those multiple character runs i'm like i just love the confidence of this that they're like they're gonna love it we don't have to explain any of it just keep it coming and or like the super long runs of like jim varney running around a tree uh, chasing two like a looney tunes chasing two monsters and then two yeah, monsters yeah, are chasing yeah. him so you know i like those aspects i i guess that's what attracts me to it also uh, let's be honest jim varney's uh earnest character reminds me of some uncles of mine um <laughs> so there's something nostalgic for me there <laughs> You pulled a couple of fingers in your day, or yeah, oh, just said yeah. the where look where the thumb go? Oh, it detached the thumb. It's back on there, Jackie. Uh, any silver linings that you can uh, surgically pull out of Ernest Scare Stupid? Yeah, I mean, I did think that the visual effects, not the Those computer cool. graphics, but the um, not the tornado, <laughs> the way that they tornadoed into guts but the guts themselves and the again those like little pupa and the 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 troll at every level of its being um i thought that that was really cool it looked really good that was very scary i do <laughs> like seeing i like seeing halloween costumes i like like i like movies that aren't scary slasher movies but are set at halloween I do like costumes, dressing up. I think that's really fun. And I do have a favorite part of the movie. Oh, wow. Um, I do. And uh, it actually lasts way longer than I ever thought it would. And it's when the dog drives the car. Oh, um, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite part of the movie. And Heath drives that car for a very long yeah. time. Rip shot. At a, and honestly, at a speed that is within the speed limit, because I believe they're going about six or seven miles an hour. Oh, I was just going to say, it still makes me laugh to this day, but uh, when Ernest goes to the tree and he sees the pods and he heads back to his truck and opens up the door and just fucking face plants the troll uh, right into the car door. Yes. Honestly, that just, that stands the test of time. Uh, he gets a short troll. That, that was a version of the troll that was very short. This was the 1991 film, Ernest Scared Stupid. I was joined today by Pat Babbitt and Jackie DeRuthy. You guys, thank you so much for joining me on this on this festive occasion. We can't get a chance to see each other. We can't trick-or-treat at each other's houses, but at least we can watch bad Halloween movies and we can talk about them. You guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Joey. This was super fun. We love Ernest. I promise the next movie will be better. <laughs> this is Believe in Betting Chicago. This was just a fun Halloween movie podcast series. We're enjoying the Halloween week this week. We hope you're doing the same. Please have a great weekend. Be safe out there. And until we talk again very soon, be kind, be well, be good to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.